Welcome in, happy soccer podcast day to you. I am Bone. And I am a clueless beam. <laughs> and this is our MLS 2020 Western Conference preview. We're going to do a whole just MLS preview episode, but I thought some of you don't want to hear about the Western Conference because you're not in the your team's not in the Western Conference. And some of you could give two craps about the Eastern Conference because, well, your team is in the Western Conference. So why not keep them separated? You can listen to as much or as little as you want to. And if you're, you know, like Brandon Beam, where MLS is not necessarily your, you're not watching that week in, week out. Yeah. That's the way to put it. Then That's a nice way to put it, Bone. <laughs> <laughs> but this can be an introductory thing to get you. Yes. Because I got because I got news for you. There are some very interesting storylines in the Western Conference. We'll do the Eastern Conference this week as well. Good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And that'll give you an idea of just where we start the season. Now, I would like to preface all this by saying that um, a lot of what I tell you today will be wrong. It is based on preseason prognostication and guesswork and God knows what other voodoo goes into this to try to figure it out. But I thought I would start off Beamer by giving the people like five quick ideas on what to expect out of the Western conference. Please share your thoughts bone. Okay. And then what, if you don't mind, if you could just like, as we start going to say, all right, go through the teams, let's go through the teams. You tell me what team you want to talk about. We'll go from there. Um, The five quick thoughts on the West. I will give you the number one thought is the LA teams are the focal point. As almost they always are in MLS, New York teams, L.A. teams, you throw Chicago in there, you throw Seattle, Portland in there, Atlanta. But it's going to come back to the L.A. teams again this year because of the fact that you have on the one side of the freeway, LAFC, who was the best team in MLS possibly we've ever seen. But certainly last year they were hands down, supporter shield, runaway, everything. They were tremendous. They were a freight train. Then you have the L.A. Galaxy who lose Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and what do they do? My replace guy. him with, yes, but then they replace him with another of your guys, yes. Chicharito, right? Super sub. Yeah. The little P. But now that's not going to be his role here. His role no, he'll be, be, be a star. He'll he's be featuring be. for 90 minutes in mostly every game. I love how Los Angeles, their, their idea was, um, how do we replace an iconic goal scorer who is beloved by many people around the world, reviled by many people around the world too, but loved by so many Oh, I don't know. Let's just sign a guy that MLS has been trying to get in the door for like the last five years. Yeah. And no, they've not been able to do it. But of course, LA gets it done. Here's so, a quick aside and yeah. what I will bring to you in the Western Conference preview and like my my big take away mm-hmm. is that Chicharito will score some of the most disgusting goals you will see in MLS. Like not disgusting in the fact of like, oh my God, look at this goal. Like I'm going to watch it a million times. Like goal poacher balls will go in like off of his right thigh more times than his left than his left foot yes so like i'm saying in the actual fact that he will disco- he will score some literal disgusting looking goals yes, but goals it doesn't matter like, they, how they all do they, count how do those go in that's yes. not supposed to happen 
Jordan Morris had one in the playoffs last year for Seattle against Dallas where he was on the ground with his back to goal and he just flung his leg out and it just the ball was bouncing around and he caught it perfectly and it just rolled into the net. It's like that's not that's not it wasn't even like a ridiculous skill. It was just like a kid playing on the floor and he just swung his leg around and it hit the right thing at the right time. Great. I get your point though. Yes, that's what Chicharito will bring to you. And I wouldn't be surprised. We'll get to him in a little bit, but I think he'll score a lot of goals here. Number two, quick thought. Teams that can play excellent defense will struggle unless they can generate goals as well. You cannot just be tactically organized in the West. There's too much firepower. Well, really in all of MLS, but gone are the days where I think you can just smother people and then hope that that will work. You have to have some top-end goal scorers as well. So that's something I took away from doing all the research here. Number three, teams in transition like Houston and Sporting Kansas City are really going to be hard for us to gauge because like Houston has a new coach, Sporting Kansas City has a bunch of guys still on the team when they were excellent and when they won MLS Cup. A lot of those guys are aging. A lot of those guys are phasing out and they are bringing in new talent, but it's kind of hard to gauge with that transition how quickly that's going to affect change and how long it's going to take for that to work. But like Houston has a new head coach we will talk about in a little bit that could instantly vault them back into playoff contention or could cause them to take a couple years like a lot of teams do before their coaches get it right. Um, We'll continue to kind of bring this up, but tactical merit like San Jose. San Jose, if you aren't following them a lot. Okay, please enlighten me. They are one of the few teams in MLS that are a total man-marking, 100% press you all over the field. They're one of the few teams in MLS that does that. When it works, it's brilliant. When it doesn't, disaster. It's it's bad. Yeah. So I don't feel like you can just get by, even if you're tactically brilliant and you have a really great game plan. Again, unless you have that top level goal scoring talent, it's going to be a kind of key factor. And you'll see that as we go through the preview. All the team, not all, a lot of teams in this conference and in the Eastern Conference have gone out this off season and said, you know what we need to do is find a guy from Mexico who's really good. Let's pay him lots of money. Yeah. Let's have him come here and hope he can be really good here. It's not exactly a unique situation in MLS this season. Um, and I will finish it off with this, my five quick thoughts on the West. There are at least three teams that can win this conference, no question, but could be as high as five. I'm willing to go there. So we'll break down which five it is as we go forward. All right, Bone, let's start with the new team in MLS this season. You have Nashville SC, and they actually they come here to Columbus, I believe, in the first month of the season to get ready to play the Columbus crew. So Nashville, we know they're a new team. Are they going to be as bad as Cincinnati was last season? Uh, I don't think so. And part of the problem with FC Cincinnati last year, which, by the way, they gave up the most goals in MLS history last year. Uh, Part of the problem was they had nobody up the middle of the field who could stop anyone. And Nashville went out and got Walker Zimmerman, who was one of the center backs for LAFC the last couple years. And obviously U.S. national team, you know, pool player, a very good player in MLS. They went out and brought him in. He's been one of the best defenders in the league. Dax McCarty is another guy who has feels like he's been in the league forever, and I guess he has. It's like 12 or 14 years, but he's only 32 years old. Hmm. So uh, he started out young. He's had a tremendous career here, and he continues to be very good. So with those two guys kind of starting up the middle of the field, I don't think from the back you're going to be as bad as you saw FC Cincinnati be last year. So I don't think they're going to give up as many goals as historically the worst team in MLS. But it should be noted, the last three years, the worst five goals allowed totals in MLS 
all happened in the last three seasons. Wow. FC Cincinnati had 75 last year. Again, 34-game schedule, 75 goals given up. Yuck. Yep. Then Orlando had 74 in 2018. Minnesota and San Jose allowed 71 also in 2018. So it seems to me like they're trying to buck that trend of new teams coming in and not having – not allowing a ton of goals. Yes. And prior to those abysmal defenses, no team in MLS history had ever allowed more than 70. Colorado did that. They gave up 69 in 1998. Nice. Yeah. So the I, I'll try to give you for every team a player to watch, and then I will also try to give you a dream scenario and a realistic scenario. How about that? That sounds good. Vancouver. Okay. What I think of Vancouver, I don't think of an MLS team. They're, they, to me, like are one of the forgotten teams in MLS. I don't know, maybe because they're in a different country and – they're all the way out on the West Coast, so I never see them. But, like, I think of mountains and yeah. everything, not the Vancouver Whitecaps. What do they bring to the table this year? Um, well, I'll get to them in a second. Do you want me to go back and give you the player to watch for Nashville real oh, quick? Oh, so I thought you already did that. <laughs> you named <laughs> a couple guys. I was all right, like, all right, here. that's okay. Go. Here's do the guy. that, and then we'll do. We'll talk about Vancouver. Hanny Mukhtar is the guy I would oh, say to watch guy. for. Oh, my guy. From Bronby or Brunby? Bronby, yeah. Oh, whatever. In the Danish Superliga. Most goal he's ever scored in that league was 10. Uh, he is a decent Dutch league player. He's 24 years old, German product, who was originally in the Hertha Berlin system. Uh, their dream scenario is that they get a playoff berth this year. Realistic scenario is welcome to MLS. Enjoy learning how to play in this league and take a seat and don't go to the playoffs. That won't happen. Now, Vancouver with the mountains, like you said. Yeah, let's talk about them. It's the most exciting team, I think, in MLS this year. You think so? Yeah. That's my thought on them. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of Vancouver people checking you out and be like, hey, wow, this Beamer right. guy. <laughs> big, like, don't, big Vancouver don't guy. Take note that Beamer has not watched you play <laughs> since I think you came in the league. Uh, I don't think I've other- ever watched one of their games. <laughs> I, right. I, don't even, I can't even tell you what colors they That's are. That's good. The maroon? This, no, uh, maroon. I don't they're, know, man. All right. They're navy blue and white and like some silverish. Yeah, they're good. Um, they have not made the playoffs, though, since 2017, so they're actually not good. Uniforms are nice, though. I like them. They're crisp. They were one of the worst teams in the league last year, but they spent big on a Liga MX star. All right. They brought in Lucas Cavallini, who is actually, believe it or not, a uh, Canadian national player as well. So that's got to play well in Vancouver, right? Big-time star, guy that they expect to score some goals for them, and, of course, he's going to have the Canadian ties as well to the national team, so that's good. He's a double-digit goal scorer the last two full seasons in Mexico. So last year they generated 34 goals. I just told you – Teams were letting in 70 plus. Yeah. That's so you can do the math on Vancouver. They weren't scoring a ton of goals. Uh, that was second worst in the league, the 34 from last year. A player for them to watch, though, other than Cavallini, is Christian Diome, but his name is spelled D A J O M E. And I want to believe the J De-jami. is like an H sound. I want to believe it's Dahomey. Like, I just want to call him Christian Dahomey, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's how you say it. Anyway, uh, Corinthians in Brazil wanted this guy, and apparently Vancouver beat him out this offseason to that's get him. That's pretty impressive. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so he'll provide some attack bite as well, but the the real main focal point is Cavallini for them. Their dream scenario is uh, Wong Mbom, who they brought in last year, who is from, I believe, South Korea. Wong Mbom did not have a very good season. He was their designated player, but he said last year he was at about 50% of what he's capable of. So if he could turn it on, Lucas Cavallini comes in and provides some more spark. Then suddenly you're getting a bunch of goals, and it won't matter that, uh, well, you let in a bunch of goals too. But, hey, you could maybe get into some kind of playoff scenario. Reality is that 
they've got good goalkeeping. And if they can get some depth in the middle of the park and get some help there, if Cavalini is good as advertised, they actually could be a dangerous team this year. I don't think they're making the playoffs, but they will be one of my ESPN Plus teams. All right. I will be checking out occasionally at 10 o'clock at night. I'm sure you'll. I'll invite you over. Yes, I will be. We drive there. all the way up to Marysville and we can Good. watch it together. It'll that sounds fun. fantastic. All right, Sporting Kansas City. I know this team. I like I said, I don't follow MLS that closely. I don't follow the Western Conference conference closely at all. But this seems like a team bone who always kind of has like their rocks. Like they they've had a consistent, they've had a consistent pairing uh, when it comes fair. to like players. So what is Sporting Kansas City doing this year? Well, the problem is the last five years or so they had great defense, no offense. Then last year, the bottom fell out on the defensive side. They gave up 67 goals, which not is good. Uh, really bad. And that's shocking for them because that's never been their identity. Matt Beasler, Graham Zusi, Roger Espinosa, all I these guys, guys, they've been around the league forever, and they're still there. They're still being counted on as contributors, but Benny Failhaber has gone away. Seth Sinovic has gone away. Those are a couple pieces that were pretty integral for them as well. So they're in the midst of transition. This is one of those teams I was talking about trying to figure out what they're going to be. So when you have Peter Vermees, who's a legendary coach, and a bunch of legacy players who are still good, but they're past their prime, how do you infuse some excitement there? You bring in the best, I would say, forward they've ever had, at least on paper. He's certainly the most expensive. Enter Alan Polito, again, another star from Liga MX. They supposedly paid $9.5 million to bring him in, and he led Liga MX in the Apertura last, well, like, a few months ago sure. that just ended the first half of their season, 12 goals in half a season in Liga Emekis that should translate to 20 or so if the full season were to play out. You'd think in MLS he'd do pretty well. The Liga Emekis journalists, all the Mexican journalists are like, oh, this guy's going to score 35 goals. He's going to yeah. be Carlos Vela 2.0. Maybe, but if you've watched him play the last few years, if you listen to people who have watched him play, Hercules Gomez is one of these guys who watches MLS and Liga MX very intently. And he says... This guy's good, but don't expect him to come in and get you 25 goals a year. That's not his game. He had a really odd first half of the season for his team, but that's not normal for him. So what do you get from him? That, I think, is the biggest question. He's going to play as a number nine up at the top of the formation. Is he going to get 20 goals? Maybe. Um, the dream scenario for them would be Polito's great. They've got a kid named Gianluca Busio, who is, I think, 17 or 18 years old. Ooh. He's gotten interest from Italy, from Germany, and he I think this is his third or fourth season. I mean, he's he signed as a 15-year-old out of their academy. So this is a good, talented young player. If he continues to develop and Polito's really great, maybe they get back in with some of that veteran stuff and they they back in the playoffs. My guess is that Polito's good but not great, and they continue to struggle as they figure out, are they this new young team? Are they the aging veteran team? Which way are they going? I think it's still going to be a couple more years till they figure that out. Houston Dynamo. I have no clue how you are able to play soccer in Houston with as hot <laughs> and know. humid as it is. That would seem like they would have a good home field advantage. Well, the good news is um, they have not figured it out either. Okay. Because good. it's been rough the last couple of years. Um, actually, I want to say five out of the last six years they have missed the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So enter Tab Ramos, who is, of course, former U.S. national team player, he was the U-20 coach, U-22s. I yeah, forget. he was, 23s. 100%. Yes. Yeah, U-20s coach, mm -hmm. and now he's come in to kind of fix their issues, they're hoping. Um, pay no attention to their recent pregame, because uh, if you are listening to this and you are not familiar with our show, you're listening because you are a Western Conference fan of some MLS team, 
Uh, we are crew fans here. This is a podcast based out of Columbus. I watched their game against the Columbus crew in preseason, and ooh, it was bad. But I think they gave up three or four in the first 20 minutes, did Houston, in their final tune-up for the preseason. Is that so, the one that ETN scored in? No, that okay. was the one where Jossie Zardes had two goals. Lucas Elrayon had a goal. My guy. Jonathan Mensa came up and like didn't even get in position until five minutes after he was supposed to on a corner kick, and then he just <laughs> walked up there and banged in a header for some reason. So, yeah, it, it did not look good, but I don't think that's necessarily – it's preseason. It was a tune-up. They could have been trying some stuff out. Houston has goal scores. They have Mauro Minotis and Albert Ellis. Both of, of these guys are – How could you forget those guys? I can't. Uh, both of those guys are very good scorers. They added Darwin Quintero, who has been a decent MLS commodity for Minnesota United the last couple of years. The problem is last year, late in the season, he wasn't getting minutes with Minnesota United. He was coming in as a sub. So Matias Vera is very good in the midfield, but he doesn't have a ton of help. I'm curious to see how they're going to do with that situation because I still think up the middle of the field, they're going to have problems. Player to watch, I just mentioned him, Mauro Minotas. He's one of the best strikers in MLS. 48 goals, 15 assists, and 129 career games in MLS. Damn. That's, that's pretty good. It is good. 24 years old. He is still generating interest from Europe. He is still with the team as of now. Will he be there all season? And can he get back to a goal-scoring form where he had 19 goals in 2018 last year was a little more disappointing? That will be a big key for them. The dream scenario is Matias Vera shores up their midfield. Everyone else around him is better than they were last year because he was pretty good last year, but not a lot of help. Goals come in droves. They get more consistency. And they added goalkeeper Marco Marich, who was playing at one point, at least was in the system with Hoffenheim. Uh, so maybe he can come in and be really good and keep some teams off the scoreboard when otherwise they wouldn't be. That could get Houston back in the playoffs. But the reality is they're probably going to miss the playoffs for the sixth time in seven years. Colorado Rapids, the new home of former crew player Lalas Abubakar. That's Bone. right. What are the Rapids doing this year? I think last year their defense was, I mean, not necessarily the best in the league, but well, they gave up mid-60 goals, I believe. Yeah, it was not good last year. At first, they gave up a ton of goals, and then they did some things. They changed up their center backs. Uh, they had a couple coaching changes. Connor Casey took over, and then eventually Robin Frazier, who was also a former crew player, longtime MLS legend, Great player in uh, the United States. But Robin Frazier took over last year, and that really seemed to get them going. Uh, they were playing attacking soccer, and down the stretch, they barely missed the playoffs because they had just had such a hole they dug themselves earlier in the year. Lalas Abubakar is now a permanent transfer. They loaned him out. The crew did to uh, Colorado last year. But the guy that I think was a really good pickup for them was Austin Trusty, who played for Philadelphia. He has had a lot of interest in him one of the rising defensive stars in the league. A lot of people were shocked when they transferred him and was one of those inter-MLS deals where it still functioned like an international transfer because Colorado sent them a bunch of money yeah. and said, give us this player, which they did. Um, so it's, I was curious as to why Philadelphia made that move. And I was also kind of curious why Columbus sent off Lala Abubakar, but now they're both for Colorado. So those are good, good pieces to have. A player to watch for Colorado is... Eunice Namley, who is a guy that Colorado's the last couple of years, I guess they've tried to get him and just couldn't make it happen. They finally pulled the trigger. He played in the era to VC. Uh, he's noted for his skill on the ball, creativity, but he never tallied double digit goals 
in that league in the Eredivisie. So that's tough to do. It's a good. I league. know it's a good league and it's it's a better league than MLS. So it doesn't mean he won't come over here and be great. Um, I I was watching some highlights of his as well because again, not totally familiar with him up until starting to look into him. Not exactly the biggest guy in the world. So MLS being a very physical league on the ball, I'll be curious to see how he does given that I could see him getting muscled off the ball, but a very intriguing player to keep an eye on. If he can be better for them, then I think that leads to the dream scenario for Colorado, which is this Kai Kamara, who's still there, Mm -hmm. who they're still expecting to score goals. If he can get back to being a 20 goal scorer again, which I don't think is completely far-fetched. It might be a little far-fetched. If Nomley can be pretty good and, and run the system, Robin Frazier wants to, they could pick up right where they left off. And maybe they look more like a top three or four team than a bottom three or four team. I think they're a playoff contender, and that's the realistic take. Dangerous one that if they can get hot like they did the second half of the season last year, perhaps if they could start the season that way, they'd be better off. All right, Bones, San Jose and the Earthquakes, will they be able to get into the playoffs this season? So we talked about this a little bit in the five quick things. Matias Almeida, who is the former River Plate and Chivas manager, he is trying to get his team to play this tactically sound Man marking. Yeah. Very, I mean, picture any other sport that you watch. If you, I mean, it's not quite the same, but if you're watching football and you have to play the option team, everyone just has to plan differently. Sure. But if you've got better players, you can eventually beat an option system. It's just you have to practice for it. You have to be ready for it. And to some degree, that's what San Jose does. They have a very different system than most of the teams do. When they sell out to it and commit to it, it's great. But they missed the playoffs last year because the last six games – they started losing and they suffered straight six straight defeats down the stretch. So if you're inconsistent with this system, it can bite you. And that's where San Jose was last year. The player to watch is going to be Matias Almeida because he was a player at one point, but their whole system, it's a little bit like Greg Berhalter when he was with Columbus. So from the back, build up from the back. Well, not just that, but like Almeida's system is basically, if you do my system appropriately, I can get more out of these guys than, I mean, Greg Berhalter got a team with, on the wing, Ethan Finley was one of your, and I like Ethan Finley, but he's not typically going to be a best 11 guy. Sure. But that season he was great because Greg Berhalter got more out of him than probably anyone else ever has. That's the beauty of Matias Almeida's system is that that's where it could be for them, but they didn't add anybody this year. They didn't go out and really bring anyone in. They've got Chris Wondolowski, who is a million years old. Yeah. <laughs> and this is going to be his final year. But I'm still upset that he missed that goal in the World Cup. Well, see, he is too, I'm sure, for what it's worth. Yeah, but, but I'm six years down the road and I'm still not past it. <laughs> so the dream scenario for San Jose is if the chemistry play works for Almeida and his young players, like they've got a guy, Jackson Ewell, who was very good last year, if they can continue to improve. they got a lot of young guys. So if they all get better and improve as they grow, then sure, this could be a playoff team. But they're likely going to be probably fighting for a playoff spot. I think they're just a little too inconsistent right now. But uh, I think they're they're going to be a very interesting team to watch this year. A young team, Bone, that is next, FC Dallas. Tell me about the Longhorns. Well, if anyone wants to watch a team that plays the kids, you have a lot of MLS fans who over the years have said, why don't more teams play their academy products? Well, FC Dallas does. And it's starting to work out for them. Um, Last year, they almost beat Seattle in Seattle in the playoffs, which you might remember Seattle then went on to win MLS Cup. So that was a 4-3 game that went into 30 minutes of extra time to settle it. So did FC Dallas just say, all right, well, we got all the same guys. Let's just do that again. 
No, they added veterans at defensive midfield in Thiago Santos. They added a guy on the wing in Fafa Picot, who's been in MLS for years and has been very good. And Franco Hera, who sounds like... Franco Harris. Right, every time I hear it. But let's say Franco Hara is probably the better way you say mm-hmm. that. Uh, the forward from Pachuca, who has been very good in League MX. He's a veteran, but he won't be joining until the summer transfer window. So they're going to have to not tread water per se, but... Just they don't, keep, well, yeah, they don't want to lose off lose their playoff spot. Yeah, you don't want to get yeah. so far right. down the road where suddenly it's hard to climb out. So assuming they're still good this summer with the start that they have, he should come in and add some noted goal scoring. Uh, he scored 70 goals in 150 appearances Ooh. in League MX since 2015. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, I'd say that's all right. Now, I think he's like 31 or 32, but who cares if you can bang in goals like that. Um, a player to watch for me, and if you watched him last year, you know about this guy, Paxton Pomacall, who is – Coming back from a sports hernia surgery in October, he was great last year. He plays attacking midfield for them. He's got the versatility to play out wide as well. He gets attention from Europe. Uh, could be the next big American product who you could be saying, saying this guy isn't playing in Italy, he's playing in Germany. But if FC Dallas is coming to town and he's playing, you've got to watch him. He's very good. So what do you think the dream scenario is, Beamer? It's probably pretty obvious. I agree. What You just Bring, you tell the fans. You, <laughs> You tell the fans what the dream bring- scenario is. <laughs> I don't want to say it. I've been talking bring- too much on this podcast. <laughs> you, bring, you bring in the young guys. They're all great. And then this Frank O'Hara guy comes in and just, wow, he takes the league over in the second half of the season. And now maybe you're the third or fourth seed in the playoffs, but you've got a guy who puts you at that premier level mm-hmm. and suddenly you go on a run and you win MLS Cup. They're probably like a five to seven seed in the West and a dangerous team all throughout. All right, Bone, Portland, tell me about the Timbers this season. Uh, Diego Valeri, I'm sure you're familiar. Yep. Being a, uh, you know, decent watcher of the sport and Mm -hmm. knowing that uh, they're pretty good. Diego Valeri is still there. There was some concern because his contract expired in the offseason. Yeah, surprised by that, actually. That they thought he may not come back. But. He is back. They signed him on a TAM deal, so that's a good thing. Oh, you know, I love my TAM. Love the TAM and the GAM. Mm -hmm. 16 assists last season, so he's still got what it takes to get it done. But the player to watch for Portland is Jaroslaw Nizgoda. Polish, right? Yes, Polish guy. You're a big fan of the Polish Superliga? I I dabble. Okay. 24-year-old. He scored 14 goals in 18 appearances, uh, which is pretty good strike rate in the Polish league last year. Really, really good. Yeah. Uh, A lot of his goals came from good service or with him running into space. And you've got Diego Valeri sitting off to the wing, sitting behind. So you would think he's going to get a lot of those similar opportunities against MLS defenses. So will he be able to replicate what he did in the Polish league here I don't know enough about the Polish league to say it's definitively better than MLS or definitively worse than MLS. The point is high expectations though. Yeah, right. They're, they're bringing him in because they needed some scoring punch up top. So he is one of the guys they've brought in to say, hopefully you can do it. Uh, they've also added in a designated player signing. Yimmy Chara, Yimmy Chara, who is Diego Chara's brother. Diego and Chara. Zidano Chara. Right. No, Oh, not him. <laughs> different, different family, slightly different. Fa- I think they're okay. all shorter than Zidane Chara slightly. But Diego Chara is a very good player for Portland as well. He's been, you know, really great for them. So now his brother plays as well. His brother's a very different player. Diego Chara is more defensive-minded, two-way player. Uh, Yimmy Chara is more of a winger who is speedy, who can also break you down one-on-one. So they've got those guys, Felipe Moore as well. Another uh, addition this offseason. If that improves their goal scoring by, let's say, 10 goals over the course of the season, yeah, they go from being like a middle-of-the-pack 
playoff team to an MLS Cup defender. So I think that's that's probably reasonable to think that's going to happen. They're probably a top four team in the West. All so. right, Bone. We have talked about this team a little bit at the beginning. You lose out on Zlatan, but you're getting Chicharito in the L.A. Galaxy. What are they doing? I love the Galaxy this year. I'm very excited about them. Zlatan is out, but I think that's going to work out for the better for them. They replace him with Chicharito, like we talked about. So he, I think, could be a 20-goal scorer in MLS. Then you've got Christian Pavon, who is still there he's, he's, from uh, Boca he's Juniors. solid. I love Christian Pavon. I, I love his game. I enjoy watching him play. Alexander Katai is a really good there, – there's two types of pickups in MLS Beamer. There's the go out and get a guy from a foreign league and yeah. bring him in and hope that he can be better in this league. And then there are just getting guys who already have proven that they do it in this league and you just bring him over to your team. That's Alexander Katai. Okay. He's uh, accounted for 30 goals in the last two years, so that's pretty good yeah. with Chicago. So, again, I think they're going to score goals this year. They should score a lot of goals. Um, but the player I want to I want to actually focus on is not probably going to help them score a ton of goals for LA. That's Emiliano Insua. He is a former Boca, Liverpool, and Stuttgart left back. So adding in some stability on that back line that gave up more goals than they scored last year, fifty nine to fifty eight. I think that's going to be a big key for them. The dream scenario for the LA Galaxy is they defeat LAFC in the Western Conference Finals. Guillermo Barroskiloto, my guy. guy. Yeah. Love that guy. Hoist his first ever MLS Cup as a manager in his second season. The reality is the LA Galaxy should score 70 goals or more this year. Woo! They should be a high-flying team with a lot of goals going in the back of the net. Will their defense hold up? That, to me, is the question, but they should be a top-three team in the West. They'll be fun to watch. Again, an ESPN Plus team if there ever was one. Minnesota like, United, Bone. The Although, great northern Minnesota United Stars. Yes. The, <laughs> North, the Minnesota United North Stars. The Loons. The Loons, that's what they are. Sure. Yes. If you, if you say so. <laughs> so this is their third season. I told you the first – well, actually, let me take that back. This is their fourth season. First two years they were in the league, bad and bad, tons of goals given up. Last year they brought in Ike Opara, who came over from Kansas City, mm -hmm. helped shore up their defense – and it was suddenly really good, not just, like, better. It was one of the best defenses in the league. And everyone on that defense is back except for Vito Minone. I know him. Yeah, former uh, Sunderland goalkeeper, yeah. among other places in Europe. But now he is out. Ike Parra, Ozzy Alonso back there in the, in the you know, center of the park, center back and defensive midfielder. So they're still pretty good. The goals is, to me, going to be the question. This is one of those teams I was talking about. If you're really good defensively but you can't score goals, yeah. how are you going to win in this league? And I still have that question mark about them, but they're trying to answer it. And that guy that they brought in to answer it is my player to watch for Minnesota United. It's Luis Amaria. He's a 24 year old forward who led the Paraguayan league in goals last year. Good for him. Yeah. So they're trying to get a little more dangerous offensively. They hope he can do that for them. I still don't think there's enough depth there for scoring, even if he is really good, but let's say he gets hurt or something happens, happens. It's MLS. I think they, I think their dream scenario is they score more and then they're as good defensively as they were last year. So then they become like an MLS cup contender. I don't think that's realistic for them. I think they're going to have actually a significant drop off this year. Uh, their defense I think is going to be good, but they're not going to have the scoring touch. They need to be a playoff team for me, or at least not a dangerous playoff team, a team who I hate their name the most in all of MLS 
Real Salt Lake. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Why do we do that consistently in America? Every time that I see them or hear about them, I just I shriek to myself. So Real Salt Lake Bone, what are yeah. they doing? Um, so they are a playoff team from last year. They brought in Freddie Juarez, who came in after Mike Petke had some issues and had to leave. So they got into the playoffs and they actually defeated Portland, which was pretty good for them. DC United is the only team that made the playoffs last year who scored fewer goals in the season than Real Salt Lake. So RSL was so good because their midfield and defense were really good. They didn't turn the ball over. They played smart, compact soccer, but they had their rock in the back. They had Nick Ramondo, who is a goalkeeper who's been around the league forever and yeah. you could argue is the best goalkeeper MLS has ever seen. Now he's gone. And Real Salt Lake returns to their lineup just 35 goals from last season. By comparison, Carlos Vela from LAFC accounted yeah. for 34. He scored 34 goals mm. by himself and accounted for 15 more assists. So, Jesus. Right. Like, Carlos Vela almost outscored the remainder of their <laughs> scoring on this team. So I just don't know how that team makes the playoffs. It doesn't make sense to me. I think that's going to be a real difficult thing for them. Uh, the guy to watch for me, player to watch, not usual that I would put this guy or a this position on here, but I'm going to put Zach McBath or whoever is their goalkeeper this year. Zach McBath has the most experience, but whoever it is is going to be taking over for one of the greatest goalkeepers in MLS history and Nick Ramondo. McMath has the track record. He's been in the league for like eight or nine years. He should be the one with the inside track to win the job, but Andrew Putna and David Ochoa are both younger players who have mostly USL experience. One of them will be their goalkeeper, and that will tell a lot about how their season goes. The dream scenario is if you can find goals, I think you can be a playoff team. If you can't find the goals, then I don't think they make the playoffs. So, so kind I, of similar to Minnesota in that yeah, aspect. Although I do think that RSL is going to struggle more than Minnesota to find goals this year. I will say Salt Lake City, one of the nicest towns I've ever been to. Yeah? Yeah, it's just fantastic. Don't, you just don't like Ray No, I just don't just drop it. Make it Salt Lake Salt Lake City soccer team. Yeah. Just make it make it that. It's fine. <laughs> Salt we'll Lake them. City soccer team. Yeah, that's right. Put that on your T-shirt. S-L-C-S-T. That's it. All right, yeah. that's it. We, we're good to go. All right, Bone, reigning MLS Cup champs, the Seattle Sounders. Mm-hmm. Let's get a preview of them this season. Uh, we've been talking about teams that didn't have firepower. Yeah. So Seattle has Raul Rui Diaz, who might plenty. be the most lethal player in MLS. And I'm actually going to say that over even Carlos Vela because he gets it done in the playoffs. Um, I think that's actually worth noting is who's the most lethal guy in MLS. You have to actually do it in the playoffs as well. And Carlos Vela did struggle a little bit last year with that. Nico Ladero is a legend in Seattle. He, in his four seasons with Seattle, they have been to MLS Cup three times and won them twice. Man. Pretty good, right? That's impressive. Yeah. And Jordan Morris, like we talked about, he was MLS, I think he was comeback player of the year, or if he wasn't, in spirit he was. He was that good of a player for them last year after having some difficulties previously. He became a guy, again, who can get you a hat trick when you need it in the playoffs, which he did in their crazy win over Dallas. So the big question for them is how their defense is going to deal with the losses of Roman Torres, Kim Kehe, and Brad Smith. They all departed in the offseason. They were all a part of that team that won MLS Cup last year. A player for them to watch is Yaimar Gomez Andrade, Colombian center back they brought in from Argentina where he has spent his entire career. If you've watched any Argentinian league soccer, I would say the defense the defending has gotten better over the years. Mm-hmm. It is still not known as being the greatest defensive league in no. the world, so can he handle the load 
in the back because he is going to be counted on tremendously, especially early on. I can see them making additions to this position as the season goes forward, but they are going to need some help defending back there. Their dream scenario is win MLS Cup again. Get third star, right? Yeah. I mean, they've got the talent to do it. They just did. But they could also be adding a CONCACAF Champions League crown in there as well. That might – I wonder if that's even more of a goal for them because it's not really been a thing that MLS teams have done. DC United won one way back when when it was called something else. And I'm trying to remember if anybody else has done it. But that could be what Seattle says is, well, let's just go for that. Let's try to win that and see what we can do. Uh, so, yeah, their the reality is a lot like their dream scenario. They're probably going to be one of the best teams in the league and have every expectation to go defend MLS Cup, so they probably should have that expectation. Last team in the Western Conference. We haven't talked about them yet. You just mentioned, though, them and a player who was the best in MLS last year, Carlos Vela and LAFC, LAFC. Yes. Uh, they thought they were headed for a storybook ending. I mean, they had the best team in the league by all accounts. They defeated everyone. They lost four games last year out of 34. That's how (laughs) they were just insane last year. And like I said, Carlos Vela accounted for nearly 50 goals by himself. That's crazy, man. 34 scored, 15 assisted. I don't think that's likely this just been. I'm I'm T Bone. I'm gonna go out on a break on a limb here and probably break some news to you. I don't think Carlos Vela is gonna score 34 goals again this year. I think he scores 40. Wow. All right. I Bold think he prediction. accounts for 60 goals this season. But I would like to point out that that it doesn't necessarily matter if he scores 34 and 15. He doesn't have to because in 2018 he scored 14 goals and had 13 assists. That's that's production that almost every other team we talked about today yeah. would kill for. And I think he's better than that. He could be a 20-goal, 20-assist guy if things go a little differently in LAFC. So he has got the ability to turn it on as needed. I don't think he has to score 34 goals for them to still be dominant and be very, very good. Um, I put for player to watch just all of them. Get ESPN Plus and watch this team. Live your best life. They're a lot of fun. But I actually do want to bring some attention to like just a few guys they have. They added Jose Cifuentes, who is a young South American player who has a big future defensive midfielder who was competing for a Colombian Olympic qualifying. They are so deep, their backups could probably make the playoffs. I mean, that's how good this team is. So their dream scenario, of course, is win MLS Cup. Their reality is they're probably going to be the favorites to win MLS Cup. It's a, it's them, Seattle, and or maybe an Eastern Conference team. Listen to our Eastern Conference MLS preview for that. But yeah, I think this is uh, this is their dream scenario, or this is their reality and dream scenario. It's all the same. Gets MLS Cup, win it. Anything less is probably a disappointment for them. Before you go on with your MLS playoff predictor machine that you're mm-hmm. about to do, yeah, I will say for me, Western Conference Finals, Vancouver and Minnesota. I love it. That's who that's I got. That's great. Now mm-hmm. see that big Vancouver guy. Now see, here's the good news. Yeah. Now you realize how big of a joke that is because that's. <laughs> That's right. I'm smarter now. Now I know that. I just pissed off all the Minnesota and Vancouver fans. How dare I? How dare you do that? That's not right. Actually, us Vancouver fans, Bone. (laughs) You know what? Why don't you adopt Vancouver and watch them at 10 o'clock at night? Sure. Yes, and make them your team. Well, I already have a team, so I'm not going to do that. No, your Western Conference team. You've got an Eastern Conference team. I already already got a team. I don't need to do that, but I will be cheering for Vancouver. Fine. All right. There you go. Cheering for Wong and Bone. Mm-hmm, my, my guy. guy. Wong yeah. and Bone and Beam United. That's 
That's exactly mm-hmm. He's going to sponsor the show now. Good. Thank you. Perfect. So my playoff teams, here are my seedings. I have LAFC 1, LA Galaxy 2, Seattle 3, Portland 4, Minnesota I have is 5, see? In the playoffs, there you go. Damn right. FC Dallas 6, and Colorado getting into the playoffs this year in the 7th spot. My playoffs are this, Colorado versus LA Galaxy, the Galaxy winning that. Seattle versus FC Dallas, I have FC Dallas Play winning that. Play the kids, Bone. That's right. And Portland versus Minnesota, I have Portland winning that matchup. Mm, I don't like that. Okay. I got Minnesota winning that one. Then in the semifinals, I have LAFC beating FC Dallas and the LA Galaxy beating Portland, which means oh, El, Trafico. El Trafico in the Western Conference Final. And I actually have the Galaxy coming out of the West. So there you go. How many goals do you think Chicharito scores in his first year? Um, Give me an over-under. I'm going to set the over-under at 20 and a half. I'll take the over. Okay. I'll go like 22, 23, I think yeah. is where he ends up. All right. That's pretty solid. Now, I should also mention, I said in our uh, Premier League preview podcast that we did in the summer, Christian Pulisic was going to score 15 goals. Mm-hmm. So You didn't account for injury, no, though. No, I so did that's not, not but... but uh, he had a hat trick. We can all hang on to that. Of course he did. Until he gets healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'll give you a couple more real quick. Team that will be fun all year, Vancouver, who you mentioned. I actually think will be a fun team to check in on. My guys. FC Dallas and Colorado will be interesting. But the main attractions are the L.A. teams, as you would expect. My biggest disappointment in the West this year is going to be Real Salt Lake. I think from last year, as good as they looked, they didn't do enough to improve the scoring. So I don't really see how they're going to be better this year. So I'm going to say they crash out of the playoffs, and that's a disappointment for them. Take that and your stupid name. Yeah, that's it. right. That's what I've. Yeah, that's what Bone was saying. Is that what I was saying? That's what. That's what I heard. All right, take well, that, fine. Ray Al Salt Lake. What a dumb name. It is a dumb name. It's a bad name. All right. Well, thank you. I really feel like Brandon Beam. This was your finest work. <laughs> yeah, this was my piece de resistance, buddy. I may just call it quits after this one. I think what we should do next year for the Premier League is I'll do this. I'll I'll just sit there and say, "Hey, Manchester City," and you can just like cuss them out. Sure. And then I would just go from there. All right, that's fine with that's, me. We can do that. All right. So there you go. We got a long way to go before that. <sighs> Boy, do we. We've got got a whole MLS season to get ready for. Eastern Conference preview coming soon. We have Champions League. Also, if you are a like regular Champions League, not CONCACAF Champions League, more games this week. We will cover those games as well. And who knows what else we'll get into. But uh, yeah, go subscribe. Go add us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Don't Not SoundCloud. We're not there. Drop us a review as yes. well. That way it'll help us. If you think we suck, then tell yeah, us we suck. We if suck. you think we're good, then lie to our faces and tell us that. <laughs> There you go. That's it for us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United. 